Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Rylos 90 podcast. I'm your host Eddie and joining me as always is Patrick Mihan. Pat, you've been away for the last couple of episodes because you've been on vacation. Uh, you were in Monterrey and a lot of stuff happened when you were away. <laughs> so um, before we get into what's on tap for this episode... I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna give you like maybe a minute or two to vent, to to get off your chest what 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 you felt. I mean, it's not gonna be raw emotion, but you know, uh, Monterrey, you know, got eliminated in that playoff against Puebla. Turco Mohamed was fired, and we'll get to the hiring right now. But but just those two things. If if you can sum it up in one or two minutes. First of all, how are you too? Uh, but if you can sum all that up in in a few minutes. Yeah, um, doing good. Um, and some the whole. It seems like it was like a short time ago where I when I or last time I came and talked on the podcast. But at the same time, a lot happened, like you said. So hard to sum it up. But the game, I was just like uh, ready to go into the next round, like everybody, especially after being two nil up, and then. Is just madness, or literally madness in the game. But I was just mad as well. Um, so a lot of that, um, a lot of talk on Twitter and all that, and and kind of knew for for a second. I first at the beginning I knew Turco was going to get fired. Then it was it sort of like felt like he wasn't, and I was like, if he doesn't get fired, I swear, I swear I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch him next season. Like. I know what's going to happen. <laughs> There's no surprise anymore. And then, uh, well, they fired him. I was kind of, um, uh, I don't want to say glad, but I was just like, okay, but who are these people bringing? And then the, all the names started coming up. That was fun trying to follow all that. Uh, and the names were, mo most of them were really, I loved it. You know, most of them were names that really got my hopes up, except for Aldo Enigris, who was just like a bad Bad, um, how do you say, like a bad, un mal intento, like a bad yeah. try from the press yeah. to trying to put somebody on the fans. I don't yeah, know. that that uh, that was not, yeah, no, you already tried, or, you know, they already went down that road giving someone that type of power with no experience at that position, so I wasn't buying it, or at least I was like, yeah, do, no. do, do people not see that they already did this before and it kind of hasn't worked out? I mean, yes, they want two trophies, but when you have this amount of money invested, you should be winning more. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, I wasn't I, I, I was not a fan of that, but I, I think I saw the majority of people were like, yes, we love them, same thing, but, you know, Monterrey is not a club to be experimenting with, you know, giving someone, you know, their first time job. Uh, so I'm glad that they didn't go that route, but he's still sticking around. He's going to be a, a part of uh, Javier Aguirre's uh, uh, coaching staff, and let's get into it. Uh, they hired, uh, or Monterrey hired Javier Aguirre. They hinted at it on Sunday, right before, and I, I knew they were going to do that. I, I, the last couple of weeks, they've uh, hijacked uh, Leguia match days because they they fired Turco on the on the day when uh, it was uh, America Chivas, and then the news like they didn't you know the the, the media outlets in Monterrey and then it kind of trickled out everywhere. Uh, 
when um I'm not sure which league I match was going on, but that Javier Aguirre has been, you know, not confirmed by the club, but media reports were confirming that you know the hiring was about to happen, and then on Sunday the the social media uh, account you know kind of hinted at you know what's what's gonna come, uh, and then Monday morning it, it was made official. So Pat, I'm not gonna ask you like dive in like I'm not gonna ask you to you know dive into what he's gonna bring like coaching wise because I'll be honest I haven't seen that much of him but I I do understand he's well respected uh and and I I just want to ask where where was he where was he on your like list of candidates because I'm pretty sure I like I'm happy with the hire and pretty everyone seems to be happy with the hire uh so i'll ask where was he like on your list of coaches was he was he at the top or, or where was he um uh when names were being thrown out um that's a good question actually because he wasn't he wasn't really up there for me i love the guy i think he can he can do an awesome job and he's done amazing um i just i just i just don't imagine him in Rayados, you know, I didn't imagine him in Rayados, and and I always thought if he was gonna come back to Mexico, it would be to America or or maybe even Pachuca, you know, the last club he he managed over here. So that was a weird one for me. I love the guy. I just don't know if it's the same kind of thing. I just know he's a, you know, he he talks straight to the players, gets to the point, kind of like a, and and not in a. Not in the playing style at all. Don't get me wrong. I just want to say, like, kind of in the way, like Mourinho. I don't know if anybody has seen the all or nothing for Tottenham. He's just like goes directly to what he wants to say to the players, and that's pretty cool. To you know, don't go around and 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 having things leaked to the media and all that. If Aguirre yeah. needs something to be known, he'll he'll say it before anybody else. So I, I like that. Um, but if I if I had to give you like a list of where he was for me, I think he was probably not in the top three or maybe even the third one in, in my priority, like if it was up to me, but uh, but wasn't at all like uh, mad at the result of him being elected as the new manager. Like I like, I actually do like that decision. So it's yeah. pretty, and it's, a, and it's a power move from Rayales. Like this guy is the greatest Mexican coach ever pretty much and um he's been in europe for like 20 years all around the world and yeah monterey brings him yeah 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 we'll get him you know to replace our coach that's pretty like a power move for real so i respect that from rayos yeah because i'm pretty sure monterey is not hasn't they're not the first mexican club to say hey would you like to leave europe for sure you know your international career to come back Mm -hmm. to mexico and, and manage our club uh and and they were able to convince him. I'm not sure what what uh, I, I think they probably conceded some power, like player ma- you know player moves. The, the, there had to be some t- like this, you know. We we'll talk about the salary in a bit, but I I think there had to be like some requirements or de- or a list of demands that he was probably work- requesting uh, that they conceded to him and said yes, we'll give you this. You're gonna live in a top class city. You're gonna be, you know, coaching or managing in, in, you know, top top flight facilities, top flight stadium, all that. Uh, and I don't know. I don't like. I, I really don't know what they did to convince them. 
but they did it and that's 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 i guess that's what's important uh, for me he was i would say he was maybe top he was like fifth just because like i didn't i didn't think he was going to come back to mexico like yeah yeah me from, from what i read a lot of people said that if he comes back to like north america it would be like to an mls club uh or maybe wants to continue his time in europe uh so i, so I was like oh, I, don't, I don't think he's gonna well, come back so no go ahead even he himself once said that if he ever comes back to Mexico, it'll, it'll be like, like a Julio Lavina position, you know, like a president yeah. of a club or something. So that was, that was an, an, another thing that really surprised everybody. So that's why it's even more of a power move because, yeah, you know, yeah, you can win here. You have amazing stadium, amazing facilities, amazing players. Well, you know, or Monterey can bring you amazing players. We can talk about that in a later episode. Um, amazing fans, you know, you can win finally because he's been struggling in bottom, you know, in the bottom of tables back in Europe, yeah. which is fine. It's a cool job, but now he can fight for titles. Uh, yeah, he can here. fight for titles, and he can mold, you know, mold mold a, a, a squad to his vision because exactly. the last time he had like. Uh, uh, you know, a squad that had this type, not this type, but like that had at least a fighter's chance to like win some trophies was, you know, Atletico Madrid, where he was there for like maybe three years, two and a half years or something like that. Um, you know, back in the day, was it 2000, that 2007, 2010 or 2006, 2009, something like that. I don't have it in front of me, but he was in that time frame. Um, so, yeah, he gets to mold the, you know, mold the squad to his vision. And we'll talk about his, you know, reported, you know, I'm not going to say demand, but like, I guess, uh, transfer request. Uh, but what was your, I guess he kind of said it already a little bit, uh, saying that it was a power move. But what was your reaction when, you know, multiple sources confirmed that Javier Aguirre was, was in a go to Monterrey? Mm. Uh I was I, I got excited. I'm not gonna lie. He's a he's a guy that I just like, you know, listening to him, um, and all that. Now, when we when, when and and I know we we got all this uh, pod, we got the audios from a lot of experts from around the world that are gonna be talking about what Javier Aguirre brings to the table um, eh, for Rayados, who've seen him in Leganés and all that. So we'll let them tell you what he brings to the table. Footballing wise, but it's 100%. This I can assure you, it's 100% different what he can do with Leganés with what he can do with Rayados. Let's remember in Leganés, you know, they got relegated. They 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 took from him two of the best uh, players in NS City and Braithwaite, and without them, obviously, almost impossible to win. And, and he still managed to compete. And now you you look at the situation he's going to have in Rayados, it's going to be top players if, instead of instead of him um, instead of him being taken players he's going to get players from other clubs that are pretty top class so it's a different situation he has more talent to work with and uh, or not not like there Rayos is more talented than Leganes but i mean more talent against the same league you know over there he's fighting with Barcelona Real Madrid Atletico now he's fighting with other type of club you know so um I think whatever he's done before, this is going to be different, even for him. So that's going to be interesting. I, I just, I'm just in a phase where I think it's either really, really, really good, or it can just go bad. Like it can be super bad, also. Uh, so 
the reason why a lot of people like this are hiring is because he's going to command respect because, you know, he's, it's a guy that's coached in arguably the best league in the world, has held multiple uh, national team managerial positions. So this is a guy that's going to command the respect of the room. And from, you know, reports, not reports, but just, you know, team or, or media members around the club, it says that, or there's a perception that the, or, that the players kind of run the club. And the hiring with or the hiring of Aguirre kind of signifies that that's going to stop. That it's going to be the manager in charge, and not, you know, the players giving, yeah. you know, deciding when they want to play, uh, having bad attitudes, uh, all that stuff. I mean, we we've kind of known uh, watching different sports. You know what what the traits are to a toxic locker room. Mm-hmm. So the hiring of that is kind of you know. Monterrey saying, okay, enough is enough. Um, yeah, and, and, and actually, I had a thought on that as well. Uh, I mean, this is, reading, this is me reading into it. There's not obviously any information or, or any of that, but this is just me reading into it. Um, I think Duilio, Carlos Vela, and all of them are like, I'm not going to say scared of the players, but, you know, they got, I think they're super far away from the players. Like, compared to European football, I guess, if you look to, like, how Bartomeu was with Barcelona players, like, like they were just super far away. They just never crossed paths. Uh, Bartomeu didn't care what they thought. They didn't think what uh, uh, Bartomeu thought, you know. So I think it's kind of a similar situation. So these guys decided to bring in somebody that would come in and, and help them like with these players because they don't want to do anything that Duilio or Carlos Vela say, you know, they, you know, they don't care about anybody. And then Turco was there. Turco is their friend. Like they can still do whatever they want. So, and when Diego Alonso was there, they fought with Diego Alonso. I, I remember a report, even Dorla Pavon apparently hit him or whatever. Like they really haven't had, they haven't been able to control these players. And I feel like they also were looking at Aguirre because of that, exactly. Yeah. Because Aguirre will not be with the bullshit. And if this if this player doesn't want to do what he needs to do, he, you know, he can he'll, leave. He'll and, ship him out. He'll ship exactly. him out, or he won't. He won't like. He won't be afraid to bench me. Like he'll bench him, um, because he'll say, you know what? I've I've coached with like, uh, uh, you know, players that are fighting relegation. You know, so it's like I don't need you. I don't need this shit. So I, I, I think he can say that, and it'll be like, I'm, look, look what I was coaching with, like Leganes, and and I almost kept them in in you know first division. So it's like I don't, I don't I'm not gonna, like, I don't need you. So, uh, yeah, he's gonna command a lot of respect, um, and no nonsense. But also, I read that you know it wasn't Davino or Carlos Velas that or Carlos Vela that that kind of hired him. That it was, uh, oh yeah, the, Diablo the, Fernandez. Yeah, uh, you know. So I don't know. Well, that's just one of those rumors or you know gossips. Cause... I, I I heard that too, but and I don't have again. I don't have info on this or anything. But on uh, Aguirre's like interview with Rayados, he mentions like uh, he mentions a good relationship with Julio. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, he doesn't say that because of a good relationship with Julio, he's coming here. But he says something like. No, I know Rayal from a long time. I know Duilio. You know, he 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 goes into that. So maybe also Duilio, obviously, you know, having a relationship uh, helps out. But if it's if it's, 
I, I, that report is true. It's like FEMSA being like, come on, we, we got to go all out. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like as a fan, that like hypes you up because maybe they also want to go all out with players and, and all yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's like, I kind of got excited. It's like, okay, even even the owners are like, <laughs> okay, enough of this shit. Like, yeah. we, we, they kind of like, they felt the embarrassment of losing to Puebla. Shit. Like as, it, the, as, the, as, the, as the fans said, because that was, that, that was like... Like I told Rompas in the previous podcast, losing to Amer- losing to to Tigres was heartbreaking, but losing to Puebla was like embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah, um, you you got some audio, Pat. Um, can you explain what what you recorded or what you got? Yeah. So we decided to, you know, have experts kind of explain this this hiring from from um. From Javier Aguirre, from Rayados, uh, hiring Javier Aguirre. We got some pretty cool ones. I'm going to kind of intro them a little bit. Not intro them, but, you know, kind of explain who uh, and why we got audio from them. Uh, Jaime Macias is one of them. He's obviously with Bean Sports and the Football Infinito podcast. He, 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 he got the opportunity to watch him, especially this, this year here with Leganes, but he knows him from Atletico Madrid time. Jaime knows Atletico Madrid by heart and and he knows obviously Javier Aguirre from 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 that uh time and when he was over there we also got Thomas Rongen Thomas Rongen is uh if you guys don't know he's he's also a big sports he also saw him uh with Leganes this past season but he's a former manager former player he actually was a teammate of Javier Aguirre at the LA Aztecs so it's pretty cool insight because he tells us how he is as a person in a locker room, you know. So that's gonna be pretty cool to for you guys to listen to. Uh, then we got Sergio Verdirame. He's a uh, ex Rayos player, so obviously getting the Rayos perspective and what uh, next Rayos player, an ex Rayos star thinks about hiring this size. He's also now I think he has a show with our uh, RG with Santiago Forcada and all them. So it's, that's also cool. And, you know, I decided to go with Santiago Forcada as well, but not because, or, or his opinion, obviously, I, I, I love him as a journalist and everything, but uh, he gives us a lot of info on why, how, you know, all the details of, of this deal. So that's pretty cool insight. You know, Santiago has almost always all the scoop. And then also we got Sam Leverage. Um, I hope I spelled that last name right. So I've never seen it before, but Sam, sorry if I butchered it. Uh, he's a Spanish. He's a well, no, he's not a Spanish journalist. He's a, a journalist that lives in Spain. Sorry, and he covered Leganes this whole last season, so he knows exactly uh, the day-to-day Javier uh, Aguirre from his last job. So that's going to be super interesting as well for everybody to listen to, and um, and pretty much it. I mean, we decided to go that route. And have the people that know him best, um, or not know him best, but know the whole situation best, so that they can pretty much explain it to us and you know to everybody listening to his podcast. So we appreciate them a lot for this. It's obviously pretty cool for them to to be able to help us out on this one. So without further ado, enjoy all the audio that pro- that Pat um, got, and uh, you know I, I got to hear it. Uh, it's all good quality content, so we hope everyone enjoys it. So enjoy the audio. Javier Aguirre is a great choice for Monterrey. 
uh, my former teammate at the Los Angeles Aztecs in 79, when we both were very, very young. He showed great qualities as a leader already, both on and off the field. He obviously continued that throughout his coaching career. And I think one of the great strengths of Javier Aguirre is his ability uh, to have players literally die for each other, go through a brick wall, uh, and uh, with a pretty tactical acumen in terms of his X's and O's. So I think it's a great decision. Uh, he's an older coach with uh, great international experience and will be able to uh, have great success, in my opinion, based on all his coaching credentials and his values uh, that's very team-spirited and team-motivated. Um, he'll be, as I said again, a great addition uh, to, uh, to the club. A famous name in Spain and in La Liga. Nobody quite saw the appointment of Javier Aguirre coming at Leganes, but the fans were very happy with it. It was an optimistic appointment and one that fans could get behind after Mauricio Pellegrino left the club. When Aguirre came in, Leganes had won just one game all season and things weren't looking great. They had a squad that on paper was relatively strong, but they just weren't living up to expectations. What Aguirre did, he had a real impact. I mean, even from his first few weeks in training, the sessions looked fun. They were sharing videos on social media. Some of them even went viral. Or look, at, look at how great this training activity is. And Aguirre really turned things around. There was a real change in atmosphere, changing the, the confidence levels of the players. You could see them starting to fight back after they went a goal behind. You could see kind of that desire and commitment that Aguirre was showing on the touchline was transponding onto the pitch. There they got more compact, they were more organised, and the team really had that kind of fighting spirit, not just in their approach to the game, but also in their tactical approach. Aguirre made sure that things were very solid. For quite a while, he even stuck with the back five that Pellegrino had used in his early reign at the club. But Aguirre made it work better. He made sure that the team were getting the most out of Yusuf Enezeiri and Martin Braithwaite in attack. And there was finally a link in midfield, which had kind of been missing in the early parts of the campaign. Things did get worse, and it all turned around in the January transfer window. Aguirre got the team performing. They'd begun to start climbing up the table. But they lost Yusuf Enezeiri, one of the top scorers, to Sevilla via a transfer deal which was just above his release clause in the January transfer window. And the truth was that Leganes didn't really back Aguirre in that transfer window. They could have gone out and signed a real replacement for the €20 million Euros that they earned for Enezeiri, but they just didn't do it. They brought in three signings all on loan, all kind of average travel, travelling forwards who have never really settled in, the likes of Guerrero and Roger Lasale. Neither of them really settled in at Leganes and things were made even worse just a few weeks after the transfer window shut when Martin Braithwaite left in controversial circumstances. Barcelona signed him to replace the, the injured Usman Dembele. So that left Leganes effectively without a striker. There were many games, particularly towards the end of the season, where they were lining up without a single player who'd scored more than one or two goals. I mean, there were times where their top scorer was a centre-back with just two goals. There was nothing that Aguirre could do about that. He was playing with a team that were well-organised defensively. They were solid, but they just didn't have any kind of threat up front. Then COVID-19, the pandemic came in and Aguirre had a big row with the board and an Igor Martin said that at the time Aguirre wanted to have a real important role in the negotiations with the players to reduce their salaries and the 
club's board decided not to include Aguilé in that process, something which would later lead to his exit at the end of the season. But he did keep the team fighting, and even as the, the end of the season came and everyone thought Leganes were already dead and buried, they did come back fighting, went down to the very final day when they played Real Madrid. And at times, it looked like they could still get the result. I mean, they held the champions, Real Madrid, to a draw, but it wasn't quite enough for Leganes, and they were relegated on the final day. Leganes fans were desperate for him to stay and to rebuild the club in Segunda, but it just wasn't to be. He was quite frustrated, Aguirre, for the lack of investment and how he wasn't involved in the salary cuts. Or Leganes themselves weren't too happy with Aguirre over the fact that he leaked that Oscar Rodriguez, one of the star players on loan from Real Madrid, wasn't playing because his agent had asked him not to play, knowing that a transfer move was coming up in the summer. And so there was kind of a frustration all around. Aguirre was a fan, a manager very much loved by the, the fans, the press. He's a very animated guy in his press conferences and on the touchline. And everyone was kind of hoping that he would stick around. But unfortunately, it wasn't to be for Leganes and they've started a new era without him. But the impact of Aguirre certainly felt because last season could have been a real disaster without his energy and, and determination. If we are talking about Javier Aguirre, those are big words. Probably the most successful Mexican coach in history, managing in, in uh, five teams in La Liga, qualifying two of them for Champions League, managing national teams in three, in three continents. Um, and uh, that's, that's a big name. Uh, it's a great asset for the Mexican league. I think that the uh, Rayados would profit a lot from, from him. Where is the, the doubt on, on how this project with Rayados is gonna go? He had been very successful building teams out of nothing. Teams that had very low expectations. Leganes, um, Osasuna, uh, even Atletico. When he gets to Atletico, Atletico was a team that haven't played in Champions League for almost 10 years, and he rebuilds a team and he pushes forward. I think he's the first stone for what we're seeing today with Simeone. Uh, and Rayados is not exactly that. It's a team that had won the CONCACAF Champions League in the last couple of years, had been fighting for the championship in the Mexican League every single season, apart from this one. So it's not a team that has no expectations. It's a winning project. It's one of the best teams in the Mexican League in the last years. So how he's going to uh, deal with this uh, winning obligation on a daily basis uh, and uh, the big expectation that he's going to have or that he's going to produce in the, in the league and in the crowd with his signing. Because as I said at the beginning, he's, from my point of view, the best Mexican coach in history. Um, probably uh, a lot of people don't value it because all of his success or more, most of his success had been abroad. And uh, when he was in the national team, he didn't get to the, to the classic fifth match. Different circumstances prohibited him from, from getting there. Uh, but I think that the moment that he's going to be signed, uh, immediately, Rayados is going to have the best coach in the tournament. He's way above Tuca or, or, or any other coach or, or, or Pio Herrera or any other coach that's on the league. So that's my, my point with him. It's, the situation is going to be different because he's going to have a lot of obligations on a team that is already successful, that is needing to be 
more successful with him and his last couple of years or basically all his career abroad had been building something out of nothing and Rayados it's a successful team it's already built it needs some tweaks here and there but it's all it's already a winning team with winning players so that's my point over there Hola amigos, le habla Sergio Verdirame para hablar bueno, de la llegada del Vasco Aguirre a la institución de Monterrey. Me parece que es un golpe de autoridad que da la directiva, me parece una muy buena contratación, es el técnico más reconocido a nivel internacional mexicano, de eso no tengo ninguna duda. Me parece que va a venir con una muy buena metodología de trabajo, a un plan que se habla de dos años, pero sé que si, si las cosas las hace bien pueden ser más. Y no tengo duda que va a ser un éxito para la Liga Mexicana el regreso que de un técnico de la calidad eh, de Javier Aguirre. Cayó muy bien en la afición de Monterrey, cayó muy bien en la prensa de Monterrey, porque hoy vas a tener a dos de los tres mejores técnicos de la Liga Mexicana seguramente en tu ciudad. Y sobre todo me parece que Javier Aguirre va a organizar un vestidor que estuvo con problemas, que no es nuevo en ese sentido de que hay jugadores que no eran tan afines a los pensamientos de los técnicos anteriores, digo los técnicos, porque también tuvo problema Alonso, tuvo problema Mohamed, y me parece que en ese sentido Javier Aguirre puede eh, tener un vestidor controlado y le auguro un buen pronóstico a, a su etapa en, en Monterrey. Me gusta, palomeado de parte de mucha gente, esperemos que ya el día 10 que es cuando se habla que empieza la pretemporada, empieza a trabajar para crear un gran proyecto a largo plazo. ¿Cómo están muchachos? Gusto saludarlos. Siempre contento de estar en este espacio para toda la gente que está del otro lado, la gente rayada eh, allá en Estados Unidos. Tres, cuatro temas importantes. El primero, rápido. Mucha desinformación o, o falsedades en Twitter y redes sociales respecto a cuánto va a ganar el Vasco Aguirre. Les puedo confirmar que no son ni 4 millones ni 3.8 millones. Van a ser 2.4 millones por año que va a ganar el Vasco Aguirre. Igual eso lo pone al tope de los técnicos que más ganan en el país. Primero, bueno, no primero, están iguales, 2.4 también gana el Tuca Ferretti, un poco más abajo el Piojo y un poquito más abajo todavía el Tata Martino, el seleccionador eh, nacional, así las cosas, así que no creamos ciertas cuestiones o comparaciones que se hacían y el tema del dinero y que va a ser exorbitante, va de la mano, sí, los sueldos más altos, pero acoplado a las potencias que hay ahora en el fútbol mexicano como son Rayados, Tigres y el América, lo otro tiene que ver con el cuerpo técnico, se confirma que va a estar atención, Aldo de Nigris, otra vez, este hombre institucional, sabiendo que estaba aquí en el club, conversaron entre la directiva y el Vasco Aguirre y dijo, Aldo, lo quiero eh, como mi auxiliar número dos. El número uno es Amor, Tony Amor, que ya trabajó con él en el Leganés y ahora se suma Aldo de Nigris, que continúa este paso importante, me parece a mí, de preparación. Un exjugador joven del Monterrey, conoce la institución, sigue sumando experiencia, primero con Mohamed al costado del banquillo y ahora, por supuesto, con el Vasco Aguirre. Por otro lado, tiene que ver tantas cosas que se han dicho de jugadores que van, que vienen, que peleas, que los colombianos. Les puedo decir que hoy que el mercado de invierno es muy, pero muy complicado para saber quién pudiera salir. No hay muchas ofertas, no hay situaciones. Monterrey se va a quedar como está y los cambios importantes van a ser para el verano. El, el... Aguirre no es tonto, tiene mucha experiencia, más lo que ya conoce de Nigris y otros, seguramente hará los cambios correspondientes, además de los veteranos que se van a terminar yendo, aunque algunos lloremos algunos apellidos, eh, me parece que los cambios fuertes 
el equipo no es que se va a desangrar, pero sí va a marcar una importante diferencia a mitad del 2021. Ahora en enero, así como está, espaldarazo también para Aguirre, un técnico que viene sobre todo, además de su experiencia que conocemos de sobra en la parte de nacional e internacional, en su manejo de vestidor. Este equipo juega muy bien al fútbol y si parece algún tipo de amnesia o se olvida las cosas es por los problemas internos, situaciones que pasaron y que incomodaron al plantel a todos los niveles, va a llegar Aguirre para oxigenar y ver qué es lo que puede pasar. Así las cosas, muchachos, entre dinero, sueldos, cuerpo técnico y un vasco que va a llegar en los próximos días, se va a presentar protocolo, foto y todo este tipo de cuestiones, cerrando la otra semana se van a la playa a hacer una pretemporada que se necesita muchísimo en el Monterrey, porque recordamos que en esta época del año, en diciembre, estaban en Mundial de Clubes, estaban definiendo el torneo, no tuvieron una buena pretemporada y después tuvimos ese desastre de primer semestre que todos nos queremos olvidar. Así las cosas, gusto saludarlos desde la ciudad de Monterrey, les hablo Santiago Furcán. And we're back. Pat, let's, let's, uh, let's dive into the rosters because that's, that's the next, um, I guess, the main topic on the agenda, uh, at least for the club. Uh, transfer, transfer window opens up um, January 1st, which is in about three, you know, it's less than a month, so it's about like maybe two and a half weeks to three weeks. Um, from, from what I'm listening to and what, from what I read, there's not going to be a lot of player shuffle. I mean, there's going to be some players that are going to leave, like Aquilova is reportedly not in Javier Aguirre's plans. Jonathan Gonzalez seems to be on the way out. Uh, I'm not sure what they're going to do with Hugo Gonzalez. Um, I was listening to, or I was watching, or well, I was listening to, I wasn't watching, but I was listening to um, Rompas, you know, live stream a Romperla yesterday. He was saying, you know, that Javier Aguirre, or, you know, from what he's hearing, or from what people tell him, that Javier Aguirre doesn't, you know, that Hugo Gonzalez isn't the type of goalkeeper that he wants, but it's, um, you know, the, the winter transfer window, it's hard to make big moves just because it, it's, it's one month. So it's, unless you have something that's already laid out from like the, the summer that kind of drags, you're not going to really do that many big moves in the winter. And, and I kind of agree with that just because, um, you know, it, it you're jumping onto a moving train as a player. Uh, you know, you're not going to get that month, two months to like prepare for the season that you usually get in the summer. But uh, aside from Jonathan Gonzalez and Akilova, uh, which player or two do you want to see leave or do you think will end up leaving? Because you also got to take into account we're in the middle of a pandemic. And even if you loan players out, there's going to be some clubs that just can't afford to pay their salaries. So taking all that into account, what type of player movement are you going to or think is going to occur? Because for me, I only see, aside from Akilova and Jonathan Gonzalez, I see maybe one or two players leaving. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But, but what's your perspective on you know, the, 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 the roster changes that are going to happen uh, in, in the January window? Well, first of all, I, I loved your gif. I think it was somebody eating a, pit, a pizza. Uh, like oh, Monterey. Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri. Oh, Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri, yeah. Like eating transfer rumor pizza. That First of all, that followed the Rayo's 90 Twitter account. And then uh, we can get into it. <laughs> uh, no, but um, 
I don't like Akelova leaving. I don't know why, like, they're so desperate to make him leave. I think he can do something. I, I He's so, super young. And if he goes out, hopefully he's out on loan and then comes back. He, he I, I don't know. I, I just, there's something weird with him where people don't it, want him. And it's I do. just he's a striker, but he's not a wing. Like, he only can play striker. Like, he can't be a winger. Like, he, he can't play another position. Like, mm-hmm. he's not a, he's not. He's not like pacey enough to, and he's not a dribbler uh, to be out on the wing. It's yeah. just he's a stri- he, he can only play as a striker. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I don't know. I just, I just, I just, I don't know. That's I, that's probably more like a like a personal. I like the guy <laughs> kind of thing more than a so- a soccer um, soccer decision for me. But no, I guess that one and Jonathan Gonzalez who is also somebody like both of them I want them to go out and play but on loan like I think they can actually be able if they get to the top level they can actually bring something to the table for Rayados so that's two that 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 I would like for that to happen and then you and then Hugo Gonzalez I don't know I think Hugo Gonzalez will stay I think they'll they'll help him out you know kind of recovering hopefully he doesn't get fans <laughs> still because <laughs> that'll be hard for him uh. but um and and then the other one i guess um that's been rumored it's ponchito gonzalez who i i don't think rayados wants to get rid of the mexicans like the mexican base um or or if they do get rid of ponchito gonzalez we'll definitely hear about somebody uh mexican player coming but um there's a kind of big one that you remember in the summer we had all the transfer rumors and now I think they're going to appear again and I think this time is going to be for real Stefan Medina uh, leaving I kind of gotten messages that kind of lean to that I don't want to like say it as like uh, that's going to happen but I've gotten some people tell me that he is actually or he might leave this like winter window. Yeah, because so I that would be the so, big one. That there's some, um, I guess gossip. But it wasn't even rumors. It was just gossip that he's not going to resign. You know, or renew his contract, uh, which expires next December. So it would all depend on what you know, if if Monterrey wants to, you know, get 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 you know money in returns. You know, a transfer fee in return. Rather than losing him on a free, if he does, if he decides to not renew his contract, uh, so but yeah, no, keep keep going. No, um, I think that would be the the other ones. I can live with them, you know. If they do ship out Akelova, if they do sell or loan Jonathan Gonzalez, Ponchito, Hugo Gonzalez, like all of those, and maybe if you add more Miguel Ayun rumors who apparently are not true, like all of those, I can live with. Uh, Nico Sanchez, if he leaves, I can live with it. Like, literally almost everybody I can live with. Right now, I'm in a don't-like-you-very-much type of <laughs> mood with the players, but Stefan Medina, man, that would be, like, a big one. And because, especially because it's hard to replace that right-back position. But then yeah. I also and then I also got rumors that I remember, I don't remember if you saw that. I put that DeAndre Jedlin might come to Liga MX and Cholos was one of the teams interested of yeah. the two teams interested sorry and the second one somebody a journalist was telling me that Rayaos is that second one but I wasn't able to 
confirmed that with uh, DeAndre Jetlin's manager, who was the one that confirmed the the first one, the Sholos one, you know. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, even the the MAX draft, they even you know tweeted that one out. Oh yeah, and I put like, uh, a, what, what's your source? They just steal that 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 account just steals whatever they see. Yeah, they saw my tweet and they stole it, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but okay, if all those players leave, or at least half of those players leave. It's already rumored that he wants a, a central defender. What other position, one more, do you see Monterrey trying to add this winter? Uh, so, so there was talk about a center back and a left back, right? I remember that uh, rumors started happening that when, when Aguirre signed. And, and I, if I had to add like something else, I would definitely... Bring somebody in an attack that can just give more competition because um, whenever we saw rotated squad, it was, I felt like up top we don't have as as much. You know, we saw maybe some of the young kids in there, but like the young kids should be like your third option or fourth, not your second. You know, so I w- I would like some another guy up there to have more competition especially for Jansen and Funes Mori who and not necessarily in that position but you know um, like I'm talking like big names just because yeah for 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 a few moments during the season they just didn't look right and I don't know man I, I guess this last season kind of makes everybody look bad but I really do think we need a huge makeover and not just like a makeup not just like a little makeup on top of it is actually a makeover yeah it's um i don't know i think they're gonna i don't expect like splashy moves i expect maybe one or two moves just being realistic but um from what i from what i listened to ropas monterey is and then i kind of pieced it together monterey you know femsa a lot of clubs are are feeling, you know, the the pandemic that's, you know, uh, caused them to to hurt financially, just because different business, you know, at least I assume most of these owners have different businesses um, that they that that's their main source of income, and you know, FEMSA, pretty, you know, their beverage company for the most part, uh, that's really not taking a hit, you know, whether it's you know the the sodas, the alcohols, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, for the most part, I'm pretty sure they they're feeling some financial loss, but it's not like if you know they owned hotels or or restaurants or and and you know it's like businesses that are really really feeling it. Um, so from what I from what Romba said that that Monterrey might have some money. He didn't he didn't confirm me. He didn't say yes they have money or whatever. But he said. Um, no one said that Monterrey didn't have money is, is what I'm translating his Spanish into. Um, so I expect maybe one or two moves at the most. I, I think the overhaul will begin in the summer just because you have more, more time to, to discuss. It's not all rushed into one month. So, um, but I, I agree. I think they need a center, uh, a center back, um, and I'm hoping they can get someone that can generate offense just because um, 
I don't know, man. I I I I just need someone that that can get the ball clearly into the strikers, you know, into the box, you know, break down uh, or get you know the balls into the passing lanes that get it to the strikers. I just need someone that's going to be able to generate offense consistently and not be Jekyll and Hyde. Um, but I, I'm keeping my expectations low on the transfer window. It's I'm good with the center back. Uh, it would likely, from what I've read, I think Aguirre's going to want to play a back line of five. I think his line, at least with Leganes, it was like 5-3-2, um, his formation. So, but that he might not be married to that. And it's just what he want, what he needed to do with Leganes. So he might switch it up. Uh, but I'm good with the center back. I would like to add someone on on the attack. But I mean, we'll see. We'll see what um what 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 they what they decide to do uh, in this window. Um, but what what else do you think they need to do, or what else you think going to happen in in this transfer window? Yeah, I think we. Uh, I'm trying to not get my hopes up because of that, because I don't think there there'll end up being a lot of movement, uh, especially from what other journalists have been saying that this month or this semester will be like a, not like a trial, but he'll try trying to go at it with the team he has, and then you know he'll see. Uh, like from what from what I understood is that in this transfer window, in this winter transfer window, Javier Aguirre will not have a say, even if they sell one player and buy one, or if they do a, like a complete overhaul, which I don't think, um, and then wait for for Javier Aguirre to have a say after he sees the players that he has in the summer window. So that's kind of without information or anything. That's what kind of like. Um, what what how do you say like um crossing the dots or whatever and yeah. i think that's the for or the plan that monterey has so apart from apart from that center back and left back who that's info from like the Armando Medina and all them um yeah somebody that somebody that can generate generate attack will be cool especially because of the um, the low level we we've seen this season for the people that need to do that and what I also heard, this was in the uh, El Chileno El Geta, Chileno El Geta show. He says that Rayaus is still trying to like um, get that piece to replace Pizarro. Like not exactly the same position as Pizarro, but somebody like Pizarro in a sense that somebody that can create offense and also be part of the mm-hmm. offense. But, well, the, creating key chances, opportunities, all that. Mm-hmm. Um, goalkeeper, Pat. I, I completely skimmed out a goalkeeper. Uh, like I said, there's really no like quick fix options. Like when when you look at Liga Mekis, like in terms of like Mexican goalkeepers, I know there was that um, Memo Ochoa rumor. Like I, I really don't want him. Like yeah, he's better than Hugo Gonzalez, but he's 36, I think, yeah. or 35. Um. I really want a long-term solution at that goalkeeper position. Like, like, and it's more than likely going to have to be a foreigner. So they're going to have to use up one of the, I think the foreign the foreign slots are going to shrink after this, you know, 2020-2021 campaign. I think it's going to go down to eight or nine. Like at some point it's going to be eight. I just don't know when. 
mm-hmm. but right now there's no quality Mexican goalkeeper that's for Monterrey. Like I, I don't want Ochoa. Like let him. Yeah, I mean neither. Be America's problem. I, like it's come to clear that you're gonna have to use up like something that they didn't want to do. Uh, which is why they let go of Barovero and then allow for Hugo Gonzalez yeah. to come back. They're going to have to use that one of their foreign slots on, on a foreign goalkeeper. So it's yeah. just, I think, but well, that's going to have to wait until the, until the summer window because I don't see, I don't, I don't see yeah. that happening unless you do. No, no, I don't see it either. And, and to talk on that, like if Ochoa will come, it will be like, um, um, in, in less than a year, you you have to be looking for, for his replacement. So that's stupid. And the other option is to just give it to Cardenas, man. Like, let him be, let him have that position, like a full-on starter, until he loses it. Because, yeah. you know, we haven't seen too much of him being consistent, and the fans will like love him whether he has errors. Because every goalkeeper has errors, every player has errors. So, it, I'm good that, with the giving it, giving it for six months. Well, yeah. he, and he can either show that he has it or he doesn't have it. So, exactly. I mean, exactly. at this point this season, like to me, just win the the the, the Concacaf Champions League whenever that is. I think they'll probably figure or announce dates. At least I hope when when you know that the the they restart that tournament next week. I think. Um, They'll probably give the dates out for next year. Uh, that I think that should be the main goal, and then get to the semifinals of the league. Yeah, mm-hmm. I want I want them to win it. But if you're gonna have Cardenas as your goalkeeper, then I can scale it. You know, scale the, I guess the, the expectations. But still, you should still get to semifinals. Um, but at least win the CCL, just because that that guarantees you uh, a spot in the Club World Cup. Uh, but yeah, I think that's gonna cover. Unless you have an, anything else to add when it comes to player movement, like I, I'm trying to like set the fan base's expectations low yeah. <laughs> because it's just not gonna. It's not gonna. Be, it's not gonna be a lot of movement. Maybe, like, like they said, maybe one or two players comes in, but no, no, ninety-five percent of the roster. I think they. I think it was Santiago Furcado who said ninety-five percent of the roster is gonna stay the same. Like, like. Yeah only 5% chance that something drastic changes. And then the only ones that are like, kind of like not com- confirmed, but not confirmed are Jonathan Gonzalez and, and Aki Loba. Like those are the two where you can say, yeah, those two are leaving. Uh, yeah. But the rest um, still, so whatever happens, happens. Um, let's uh, transition over to some rapid fire topics. Uh, let's begin first with um, Liga Mekis having a new president. Uh, Enrique Bonilla is stepping down. He's going to take charge more in like international projects or duties or whatever, whatever you want to title that position. And then, but there's a new president. Um, I think it's Miquel. Um, uh, Miquel Arreola, yeah. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I, those are always confusing because I'm someone like there's some that's, that's like Mike, Michael for them. It's like there's some people that, like, especially in South America, they're like, no, you say Michael. I'm like, wait, wait, what? Uh, but yeah, so new, new president. They were saying some things. Um, mostly, I think what people what caught people's attention and kind of like even news kind of sh- surfaced this morning is that um, 
Monia will try to again. We've heard this for like the last five years. Uh, try to get Liga MX clubs back into the Libertadores Sudamericana, but obviously, as you know, Pat, they're also trying to work relations with MLS and grab the money that's in North America. Mm-hmm. Do you think Liga MX can have their cake and eat it too? Can you think they can have the best of both worlds, be in Libertadores, but also uh, get the money in North America? Because earlier today. Um, Oh, shit, I forgot the source um, that tweeted out that they uh, that Liga Mekis uh, presented a uh, some type of plan to Conmebol with uh, MLS, or that would include MLS and have some like America, you know, all America, you know, club competition. Uh, first, uh, I know it's a lot of information to throw at you, but, but what, are your, what are your thoughts on? Um, the new president or, or just, you know, Liga Mekis just seeing a new, you know, somebody else in power. Uh, and do you think that, and I know you threw this out on Twitter, but do you think that, that um, Mexican clubs are going to return to Libertadores or should we just focus on, on MLS uh, and the projects that they'll have uh, with, you know, North America? Um, yeah. First, uh... I mean, my thoughts on the new inter- the, the new president. Sorry, is why what? Like, I don't get it. Like, he has no experience in in in, in the in the world of soccer. Um, so it does, just doesn't make sense at all. But again, Liga MX doesn't make sense. So okay, I just took it for what it was. Um, whatever. And then Enrico and Ia going at it in the international side of things how how will he manage growing with mls but at the same time trying to get back to libertadores and sudamericana that's complicated like just the sound of it and then trying to and then if okay you're gonna find a way to like grow competition in, in north america to get back to south america at the same time like how will that work how what are you going to prioritize like the first spots on the table will they go to conca champions or will they go to libertadores because conca champions gets us the club world cup ticket libertadores only gets like pride but teams i I asked the question today on twitter and almost everybody wants libertadores ahead of the club world cup or the conca champions um with possibilities of the club world cup so how Will that work? I'm not sure. I don't think I want to be part of that. If 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 I was Enrique Bonilla, I would be like scared because that's a hard job. And then and then the other side is okay. Fans want this. Players want this. Like going back to Libertadores, but the owners of the clubs want money and they want to go with MLS and grow with MLS because that's going to get them more money than Conmebol. Conmebol. Conmebol, everybody is poor. So, <laughs> yeah, everybody is poor so, because a lot of like Pat, I, I I was seeing some of the replies, not to cut you off really quickly, but a lot of the a lot of these a lot of these fans from these South American clubs really would make terrible business owners just because um, if you have a chance to do something with MLS uh, and Liga Mekis infuse your your competition or your clubs with money that will allow you to um, either 
keep your players or keep your projects going rather than having to tear it down and having to rebuild it again. Um, yeah, a lot of like I, I look at some of the replies and some of these people would make terrible business business yeah. owners just because. Yeah, but go ahead. Yeah, a lot of these teams are poor. Yeah, so I don't know. Like I, I, I got like, that's why I asked the question on Twitter because I was thinking like what do I want? Like I love the club world experience. Like what? Like uh, we we and it's only we, gonna get better. It's only know, like it's yeah. gonna expand. So I don't want to miss out on that, but at the same time, like man, Libertadores—that's a lot of like, like if you win that trophy, like you, like that's that's another level of footballing glory, you know. So I don't know. I mean, that, that's why I say it's a tough job for for Enrique Bonilla, and now that he has that job, hopefully, you know, something cool comes up. But I just want Libertadores and Sudamericana back. And at the same time, I still want to compete with these MLS clubs and and go to and you know and and pro- possibly win the Club World Cup. But that's going to be a tough decision, like I said, because um, he's going to have to find out and prioritize who, like, what spots go to Conca Champions, what spots go to Libertadores, what spots go to Sudamericana. You know, because you want to obviously you- what. You obviously want to send the best ones to Libertadores, right? But at the same time, the best ones, you also want to send them to Conca Champions so they can go to the Club World Cup. So it's a tough one. How would you divide it, Pat? Like, how would, how would you do like, it? I know I'm putting you on the spot, yeah, but like, how know. would you divide it? Because I'm thinking the two winners go to the Libertadores, the, 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 the second place teams go to Conca Champions, uh, and then you have like Copa Mekis. To turn back as that, you go to the you go to the, the Conca Champions because I think Liga Mekis has four spots, right? Um, yeah. Copa Mekis, that's the third, and then whoever finishes, if you finish, if you finish in first place and you didn't win the league, okay, you go to Conca Champions, um, and then um, yeah, let's do it like that, and then I don't know if you how else you want to determine Sud Americana or whatever. Um, I, yeah, yeah, I, I, I there's. I, I don't know. First, one thing has to be determine the calendar because there's there can be a way of you win or of you like if you let's say first place, second and third and fourth go to Libertadores. There can be a way for those four to go to Libertadores, but also get the same like get the same like. I don't know. I can't find the word, but whatever. Those can go to Libertadores and can also go to the Conca Champions. Because, you know, if the Libertadores, let's say it's at the beginning of the year and the Conca Champions at the second semester of the year, like, okay, then that that's a way to solve it. And that's mm-hmm. a way to give those teams that were super good and that end up ended up in first, second, third, and fourth have that, you know, chance to go to both. Because I think that's, like... As a team, you want to prioritize going to the best competitions, but you also want to go to the Club World Cup. Like what Rayos did this last December is amazing. I guess all the clubs now want to do that. You know, mm-hmm. go toe to toe with the big guys and and get your name out there, get a lot yeah. of money. You know, so there's got to be a way for the calendar to to help that decision, and then the rest, like the bottom or the next four or whatever, they can go to. 
Sudamericana or something like that. Or they can compete yeah. in Sudamericana and and in the like the Leagues Cup or whatever they did with MLS. Yeah. Yeah, know. they can do all that. But also, like, uh, one thing I know that, that a lot of, like, mostly Argentinian-based clubs or fans are saying, well, they're going to have to travel 12 hours. Well, um, these are, at least, at least I think, you know, the top clubs that are sending, you know, that are in this competition, they're going to, you know, they're, they're flying first class. They're not, they're not flying commercial. Also, isn't the tournament, you know, sponsored by Qatar Airways? Ask for airplanes. <laughs> I mean, we saw we saw like the pods that Monterrey was traveling in um, when they were heading to Qatar. Like those look comfortable. Like those aren't <laughs> those aren't me. You know, me in a five six hour flight. You know, crammed in with uh, x amount of people. And, like no, they're they're flying first class, or at the very least, ask one of your sponsors. Hey, you know, hook us up with some airplanes. You know, yeah. so or some flights. You know, it's like. Quit, quit, quit complaining like they're not you know it's not you know like i said it's not like us flying somewhere um but yeah um uh, last thing before we go um Rayadas. Rayadas are off to another um liga mx feminine final they'll be playing tigres uh this is the uh fourth right yeah the 4.0 uh final regia and yeah, I mean, I, I saw I, I saw the game yesterday on YouTube. Uh, and man, like you, you kind of see, I think, and I, I've only seen like maybe two or three games of Rayales this season again because of uh, the time, you know, the time switch that, that they have their games now on. Uh, they have it five Pacific times. So by the time I get home, I'm, it's pretty much more than halfway over. It's like maybe 20 minutes left or whatever. Um, so I only got to watch the game against Tigres because it was on a Saturday. And like I if 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 Radas comes out like that and punches Tigres in the face, because if it wasn't for that penalty call that, that Tigres got, that I thought that, that Radas were gonna just roll out with four four goals. Um and yeah. that and that penalty kick that, that Tigres got in that uh Clásico Re, uh, Regia. Um, kind of, you know, killed the momentum that that Rayadas had, uh, and then I caught maybe some of their. I caught all the second leg against America, but that first leg, um, it's like man, they just they just punched America in the face, and they were just goals and goals and goals. And if if they if they're on that level again, I think it's not even going to be close because you saw Tigres against um, Querétaro. You know, from what I read, they didn't look that dominant. Uh, but yeah, it's gonna be a good one. It's gonna. I think it starts on the. Ah, fuck! I got I should always have these stuff pulled up. <laughs> I think it's gonna start on Friday. I think I gotta double check. Don't call me. It's already out there. I tweeted out. Let me. I'm already on. Let me pull up Twitter. Um, since I already have it on. Um. Okay. Uh. Yeah, it's gonna start on Friday. Uh. At 21 hours Monterrey time. So that's uh 9 p.m. And then the. The the ida that's the ida at the Estadio BBVA, um, and then the vuelta is going to be at the Universitario. That's going to be uh, on the 14th. At, I think that's 19 hours, Pat. That's 5 p.m. Like um, I'm I'm horrible at this military time. Um, <laughs> 19. Yeah. You said no. That's 7 p.m. Seven. Okay. So I'm oh I'm thinking <laughs> Pacific time. So yeah. It's gonna be yeah. Okay. So it's gonna be. Uh, 9 p.m. Uh, the Ida at the BBA, at the BBA, 
uh, and then seven at the Universitario, uh, you know, local time. I get all my times and, and the military times, like I'm trying to think all at once. But um, but yeah, so support the support the women's squad. They're well, really good to watch. Yeah, go and, ahead, Pat. And just to just to kind of. Just to kind of, uh, um, how do you say it? Not criticize, but kind of like floss on the men's side. Like Tigres and Rayadas, both both teams. This is what they're doing, what the men's uh, of both teams wanted to be done. You know, like repeating finals year after year, like dominating the league, all that. These two teams are doing it. It's pretty crazy how Rayadas and Tigres now are in their fourth final in like with the with a league that hasn't existed in more than 10 years so it's pretty crazy and it's pretty cool to see them dominate obviously want Rayas to win they've lost twice won once so this is the time to tie it up pretty much right am i right yeah and, they're uh, pretty much this is turning into like the Juventus PSG like those two like they're just dominant it's just yeah literally I mean and Bayern Munich like it's turning into that and you know maybe other clubs can maybe catch them off guard like you'll have a Monaco maybe win one once in a while or, or a Borussia Dortmund or maybe um, you know maybe be a Napoli and, and try to contend or maybe an Inter um, or an AC Milan but yeah this is this is reaching like Juve, Bayern, PSG levels of dominance between these two clubs because it's just these last four tournaments haven't been. Yeah, it's just been them running, or yeah, you know, they're they're just running the league. Uh, but yeah, those are the dates, those are the times, uh, and yeah. Um, and if you haven't checked out our our interview with Christina Birkenrode, recommend you do that too. Uh, Pat, anything else um, before we go? Uh, nothing else. Uh, just pretty hyped for the for the coming season. Really, Javier Aguirre. Um, I think he's coming on Friday, right? He's coming on Friday. I forgot yeah, to so, add that in. I think so. I think. Uh, well, he yeah, just in time for like the start of the preseason and all that. But just hyped that I'm actually excited to watch Rayos next season. Obviously, now oh, I want to say this. I want to say this too because. I'm copying this from, I think it was Santiago Forcade or Sergio Verdirame. I don't know. Or in that, it was in that show. I'm copying this from them. Um, now, whenever, like, for next season, if the team is doing bad, like, we got to tone it down on the, um, not us, but the fans, obviously, uh, on the um, directiva criticism, on Dulio's criticism, all that, because they're, like, that was a big move for them and for the club and for the team. Yeah. So obviously, you know, uh, the players are still decisions from the directiva, but, you know, I, 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 I kind of understood what they had to say, Sergio Verdirame and Santiago Forcade, and I kind of agree. Like, let's give them a little bit of breathing room to put it yeah. that way and uh, hope that they continue to make good decisions because this was a good decision. Like, yeah. Exactly. Especially because they're not going to be able to make that many changes to the squad this winter. Like, okay, exactly. That's also why I kind of toned it down. It's like, okay, give me semifinals, give me semifinals, yeah. and win the champion in the, in the CCL, and I'm good. Yeah. Uh, after that, that, after after the summer, then that's when like, okay, you got to win the league. And, <laughs> like, and, no, that's that's a requirement. 
Yeah, yeah, no, no, for sure, one hundred percent. But the, but you, I think I, I one hundred percent agree with what you said. Like, if we do something good, like if we win a title, just one, I would choose the Concacaf Champions League right now. I just absolutely love this last experience uh, over the Rayas going to Qatar. I don't know. It was just everything was awesome. Everything yeah. was like a, it was like the best month ever. So and it, obviously if you can you know, also win a championship like they did last December. That's amazing. But I don't know. I just had fun yeah. with that experience and hopefully. And then it like 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 we said, they're 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 it's gonna be a different style of tournament and it's gonna include more clubs. So mm-hmm. you wanna be in you know, you wanna be a part of that, you know For sure. that that exclusive club or like exclusive competition. So yeah win the CCL because I mean the only competition you're really going to have uh, is going to be Liga MX. There's a couple of times that maybe an MLS team can surprise you. I mean we've seen it before. We saw it um, earlier this year with the uh, LAFC catching Leon off guard. Uh, we've seen Toronto FC catch you know America and Tigres and you know there's a couple of matches where it's like okay they 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 caught them uh, by surprise. But but overall Monterrey should be the favorites win this competition whenever it happens. Um, but yeah, uh, Pat, um, I think this is probably going to be our last podcast of the year. So, um, Merry Christmas and a happy new year. And we'll be heading into year two of this, of, of this podcast slash Twitter account slash English content slash. Yeah. Um, uh, Kind of crazy. It's, it's. I never thought it was. I, I never thought it was gonna reach like year two or even year one. Like usually, sometimes these these projects fizzle out. But yeah, I I think we kind of like are obligated to continue this because we we are the, the Twitter account has close to four thousand followers. Uh, we've uh, had uh, you know player from the feminine squad on the on the podcast. So it's like okay we can't like half-ass this and we gotta you gotta we gotta push through with this because like we're too big to like say okay we can't do this anymore or like okay we don't have enough time just because um you know we've kind of grown so quickly so fast but um but yeah uh anything else that you want to add where people where can people find you i know you were doing some mls stuff um uh this past week uh anything else that you're working on where can people find all that good stuff uh yeah pretty much the same thing you know on twitter tsunami pics that's kind of where i put everything but yeah man i agree with you it's been a cool ride hopefully 2021 will continue to be exactly that and keep growing and um and just hope for more rayados Hope for a better year overall because 2020 with Rayados was bad, <laughs> and so hopefully 2020 switches. So yeah, uh, that's about it from me. Uh, okay. Well, for Pat, I'm Eddie. Uh, thanks for listening. And again, if this is the last podcast of 2020, uh, Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays for whatever you celebrate, and Happy New Year. And we'll talk. To you guys in 2021 uh bye